0: Tonight on Sixty Minutes and they hear the (laughs) then you hear the (laughs) (laughs) Chris Washington recounting the horrific events. Tune in tonight on Sixty Minutes.
1: Except on the West Coast. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. Today, we have an awesome episode. We're talking Get Out from 2017. Jordan Peele, written and directed by him. Uh, Adam, Jordan Peele was someone who I know, even when we were in college, used to watch, like, I remember you liked The Kroll Show a lot, and I think he was on that, or like Key and Peele, he was on those. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden, in 2017, this horror movie comes out written and directed by Jordan Peele and it becomes this massive smashing success. And looking back on it four years later now, uh, it's, it was one of the defining movies of the last decade. So uh, what's your take on this?
1: I think you said it best. Well, first of all, four years ago, it does not feel like a four year old movie. It's pretty nuts. But yeah, um, Jordan Peele, I mean, kind of came out of nowhere here. Like what kind of movie is this going to be? Um, It was his directing debut, but unbelievable. And I'm sure we'll get into a ton of Jordan Peele later in the show. But I thought this movie was as close to perfect horror film that you could actually get. I was absolutely blown away. It's got, I think it had everything that you need in a horror film. So there's plenty of deception that goes on throughout the film. There's like an eerie feeling throughout like 99 percent yeah. of the film you know you know something's up and you're trying to figure out what um it's actually got really good acting which it's amazing for a horror movie i don't know about you but usually i don't take those seriously at all you know the acting is so subpar
0: it's tough it's tough
1: yeah. and so and so this is legit and to tie it all together the theme of this which is really growing up in a in a, in a racist world essentially but to tie those racial themes into the, you know, the, the woke movement as Jordan Peele has mentioned, you know, incorporating that into this film brings it all together. And it's so, it's perfect. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, so I need to go back uh, a couple years ago. Like I, I made my big list of my favorite movies of the decade. And as of a few years ago, I hadn't seen this movie and now I've seen it about three times and it's just, it's, it's absolutely spectacular. Um, You know, it 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 is a horror film, but at the same time, it's it's not your traditional horror film. Jordan Peele actually described it as described it as a social thriller, which I think is is really good because it you know it has those those thriller scary elements, but it's such a the the social commentary in this movie about as what you just said um, it's kind of like that unintentional racism that is still simmering beneath the surface all the time. Uh, It is. That really defines this movie, and um, Peel Jordan Peel wrote it uh, during, I believe, it was the the first Obama administration, and then it got picked up in the second Obama administration. But then it's released right when Trump comes into office, and so I'll will there'll be a couple notes to add there before we dive in, just about like the ending and stuff how that came to fruition. But uh, this is just a masterclass by Jordan Peel, and I I know. Personally when it came out I was kind of set as Oh you know I'm not really crazy about seeing that Like Jordan Peele mm-hmm. Like I never really liked the Key and Peele show Like he's a little silly But like you know I Is this movie going to be How good is this movie really going to be And then I just saw review after review And talking to person after person About how incredible this movie was And I just still didn't see it uh, And then I finally saw it Like a little over a year ago, maybe two years ago now, I was blown away, and every time I've seen it since, I, I'm even more blown away. It's just from top to bottom, it's spectacular.
1: It really is. I think so. I I had watched it for the first time last night, actually, and this has been like super high Love on my it. list for so yeah. long, and I finally had to had a reason to watch it. But you know, when I finished it, I almost wanted to watch it again all the way through. Now that I knew how it ended, and it it was kind of like Parasite for me similar feeling where there's it just turns into this hor- horrific i mean it's still yeah. comedy in there but it, this horrific ending with a little bit of a twist but also kind of predictable at the time of how it would go but you just didn't realize how crazy it was and and just gruesome it was going to be at the end so i wanted to watch it again just to see everything unfold i'm looking forward to doing that but um yeah you i think you said it best with the with the social element in there you know, it allows you to, to stay engaged and like really question what's going on the entire film. And so I think the best movies fool the audience, maybe just as much as they fool the protagonist and Jordan Peele does it perfectly here. So written, written and directed. I mean, this is, this is no joke. This is the real deal.
0: It's pretty unbelievable. And this movie would have never happened actually, if it weren't for key and Peele. So in, in 2013, um, so, uh, Keegan-Michael Key was working with a producer named Sean McKittrick on another, on another film. And he introduced McKittrick to Jordan Peele was like, Hey, my friend Jordan is like so fixated on horror stuff. He loves all this. Talk to him. And, uh, so they met for coffee and Peele, ki- Peele, pitched that Peele pitched McKittrick. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. Like the, 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 th- the thought of get out and the rest was history. And two months later, the first draft was done. Um, so the way that kind of came to fruition is very cool. And um, Peele actually said in, in an interview with Forbes that having his comedy background kind of gave him the backbone and the structure to, to make a horror film because they both rely so much on pacing and timely reveals. And I, I had never thought about that until I read that, but it makes so much sense. Um, so who knows, maybe we'll see more more comedians making successful horror films down the line. <laughs>
1: I know, I mean, it's a valid point. Like when you think about it, um, yeah. I, I mean, I I appreciate the fact that he was pretty much a, a horror guy to his core. He had always this was always kind of like a passion of his. So yeah, I think it, I think it showed in his work. But obviously, huge success. So you know, box office perspective over two hundred fifty million, <sighs> and the budget was four point five million.
0: That's that's absolutely nuts.
1: I mean, amazing it's it's insane i mean i think a lot of horror movies can get like this you know it's like super low budget and it's just like yeah. there's not much you need to do but this was a really good production i thought i don't know how it was only 4.5 million to be honest with there's you
0: a, if you think <laughs> about it there's not really there's like no special effects in this movie besides the besides the the part with the sunken place uh um, yes i can't really think of where else there but obviously when like people are are getting killed and stuff but besides that like i can't really think of where there's many special effects whereas in a lot of modern horror modern day horror films i feel like a lot of them are just splotched with special effects everywhere so maybe that could be a reason why i had a low budget i don't know that's a
1: that's a good point too and when and when you think about like the the actual plot of this or like the like what's the evil going on behind the scenes and it's some guy essentially switching brains around and and all of that crap that's you know, I don't want to say it's not unique, but like you could, it, there's probably some element of that in another horror film that that we've seen. I don't know, there's there's something similar at least. So it's again, it's one of these things where it's not like this groundbreaking, fascinating idea. It's just like a perfectly done movie, and still, you know, a, a clever plot line. But you know, nothing that's like insane, in my opinion.
0: So on, on I mean, on the surface level. That's true, like the swapping of the brains, but the way Jordan Peele took that, took that idea, yeah, and and weaved all his, all the elements of racism into it. Um, That's what's so good about it, and, and kind of yeah, the way he like paints the broader picture with that surface level idea is is what makes this absolutely spectacular. And um, so upon its release, I mean it this film, as you said, budget wise was a smashing success. It was nominated for four Oscars for Best Picture, Best Director for Peel, Best Actor for Daniel Kalua, who we'll talk plenty about in a sec, and best original screenplay, which Jordan Peel won, actually becoming the first black screenwriter to win that award at the Oscars, which is pretty amazing. Uh, at only thirty nine I think he was. Um Yeah. Just I, it's cool to see horror films or not maybe just non like straight drama films make a dent at the academy awards i always think that's really cool but uh, you know as we as we've kind of just said if this movie was just straight about the swapping of the brains it's 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 probably fine but it doesn't go <laughs> yeah. beyond that but but the but the elements behind it the broader picture and the themes within it are really what make this astounding
1: so there's there's a lot of themes that play into the way that this ultimately ends and I think you mentioned it kind of teased it a bit ago but there's like alternate endings that yeah. were that were considered as part of this we Jordan Peele didn't know if he wanted um, for Chris to be arrested at the end and then the movie kind of continues um, which I mean I totally thought was going to happen that was that was the point of that scene but right um, and we'll get to that in a bit but you know there there would be a, a potential ending where it's kind of like a disappointing ending where Chris is ultimately brainwashed and you know Rod comes to confront him and Chris is not himself anymore and then there's like the happy ending too which they end up going with but i think the the quote here from Jordan Peele was that he wanted to kind of make it more woke with with everything that was going on at the time and i think there was a need for some sort of joyous, happy ending and not just more depression about what's actually going on in the real world. So,
0: yeah, I love that. I think he, I think he had said, uh, like to expand on that also, uh, that, that first ending when Chris gets arrested and I'll did you watch it on prime? Were you able to like see the actual ending? After I wasn't. The credits? No. So, so yeah, you can actually see it. So it's kind of cool. Like he gets arrested, he goes to prison and then, rod comes to visit him in prison and he's just like rod like give up like i'm not i'm not getting out of here you know to try to really expose what's happening with with the prison system um so i guess peel had said something of the nature that ending was written when obama was in office to try to show like hey this stuff is still happening even though we have a black president still. like This stuff is still simmering on the surface. But then when Trump came into office, when the movie was released, he, as you said, he kind of felt like a lot of those issues were coming back to the forefront, and so he wanted a hero and more of a, an ending where Chris won. And uh, I, I actually love the way it ended because, I don't know about you, but when I saw this movie for the first time, and it's that final shot when Rod pulls up in – the, the TSA car <laughs> yeah. when you see that before he gets out of the car and before you see that the car says like airport security on it. When I saw that for the first time, I was like, Oh my God, like he's going to get arrested for this. Like that's how this movie is going to end. Like, yep. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. I felt sick and to my stomach. It's a, it's such a gut punch. It's such a gut punch, but it's, but it's, I mean, it's just like masterclass by Jordan Peele to, to, to put that in. And then when you see Rob get out the way that that tricks our minds To thinking that that's what the ending is going to be is just—it's yeah, gut-punching. Like that's the only way I can describe it.
1: So much goes through your head. You're like, wait—is the cop from the beginning? Is he in on it too? Like, oh, I didn't even think
0: about that. Oh, Oh,
1: that's all. I was, I was, my mind was in a pretzel, as I, uh, as I like to say. I no, it was, (laughs) it was nuts, and I was like, I think relief was to like I've never been more relieved at the end of a film to see Rod get out of that car, but. It's awesome.
0: Rod is such a, we'll talk about Rod more, but like in, you know, there are obviously Jordan Peele coming from a comedy background. Like there's, there are some funny moments in this movie. And I would say like 95 of them, 95% of them are Rod. He's hilarious. (laughs) He's so funny in this. He's just like, even in that last, in that last scene or when they're in the car together and he picks him up. And Chris has just been literally through hell. Like his whole world has been just shattered. Rod is just like, I "Told you not to go in that I house." Told man. you, <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to go in that house, and it just like breaks up the mood so it's, wonderfully. It's very
1: similar to a, a movie that we did, I think, you know, a few episodes ago. But "Silver Linings Playbook," in my opinion, that yeah. in-your-face comedy to break up the tension that's going on throughout the film, and it's, uh, it's, it's like, it's just blatant. It's so blatant, but it, I think it works really well. It's not like, it, and it still fits in the movie. So yeah, I, I love Rod's character. I think that's a, I think it needs to have that type of character in this film.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I have nothing more to add, Adam. Uh, this was good breaking down what went into the movie. So uh, unless you have nothing else to add, I'm ready to dive into the categories. Let's dive in. All right, Adam. Favorite scene in Get Out? There's a lot of good ones, so analyze yours or break yours down and uh, give me your winner.
1: All right, so I, I do like the opening scene. I'm always a sucker for opening scenes, especially yeah, when you're you know you're watching a movie so intently. But the abduction that occurs just leaves you with only questions, um, particularly for me because I knew that the premise of the movie was about someone. With a girlfriend and seeing his parents, I was like, this doesn't, he's, he's being abducted here. This is different. So, you know, you know, there's something bigger going on. So um, really like that and how they tie that in later in the film, too, with the mask in, in Jeremy's car. I thought that was great. So,
0: And also when, uh, when Lakeith Stanfield, Log- like Logan, when he comes back. When they're at the party and he comes back, you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's the guy from the first scene." Yeah, and it's it's just like there are so many twists and mind fucks throughout this movie, and that's one of them that just like punches you right in the face. It's
1: it, yeah. You, you feel sick like right away, which is yeah. I mean, it's a good thing for the film. But um, yeah. <laughs> the the next one I have is the the first therapy scene with Missy. Um. Oh, good lord. With the teacup and the <laughs> yeah. starting to sink into that, the sunken place. I thought that was amazing. Um and that's I think again, that's like a you know, it's kind of like a stair step here, and that's that was the next step where I was like, Okay, something seriously fucked up is happening here. I yeah. think it was that scene where I realized that Rose introducing Chris to like all the white people who are making racist remarks.
0: The party, yeah
1: at the party where it's, um, it's so uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, um, and it's kind of like funny slash awkward. Like, um, when the, the lady asks if, if it's really better with a black man in bed or, you know, it's like things like that. And you're like, good Lord.
0: It's kind of, it's, so it's, it's interesting. Like obviously for the, I guess for the sake of the film, like some of those things were just like blatantly thrown out there. But, uh, Daniel Kaluuya actually said, reading that scene in the script made him want to take this role because he said, quote, like I'd been to that party before, which is that's so fucked up. And so scary to like, think about that. You know, that I mean, it's it's mind boggling.
1: I mean, and if that wasn't enough, the one of the scenes shortly after the silent auction, and, and that's when I was like, Oh my goodness gracious. What is going on here? Um, but I love that scene because there's no words. It's completely you silent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is genius for, for Jordan Peele to do. So I love that. Um, Chris trying to leave the house, yelling at Rose to get the keys. It's, it, you know, that whole scene. It starts out with him seeing the pictures of the former oh boyfriends.
0: That's another gut punch and you're or like another, just like yeah motherfucker cuz
1: cuz to that point you're not sure you're like okay you know the family's fucked up you don't know if it's the whole family or you don't know if Rose is also being manipulated you're kind of Rose is the side. dark horse yeah and yeah. they have
0: right before there's that scene of of them having a really beautiful moment of of Chris talking about you know his mom's death and all the all this grief he has inside and all this regret he has inside and it's like a beautiful moment between the two of them, and they tell each other they love them, and then she's like, let's get out of here, like, fuck this, like, you're my person. And at that moment, you think that they're, th- that she's good. Like, you know, yep. that leads you to believe that she's great, and then all of a sudden, boom, Son with those fucking keys. It's like, and it's like her face drops. I love that. When she's looking for the keys, and she's like, huh, oh, she's so frantic, and all of a sudden, boom. Straight face, you know I can't give you the keys, babe. It's yeah.
1: Like, oh my god. Oh
0: my god. Oh, yeah. we'll get to that a
1: bit <laughs> later, but yep, absolutely love it. And then the last scene I had was the escape scene. Um, Chris just killing everyone, which was fantastic. What was your what was your favorite death? You think of all of them? Now that I think about it, because there's there's a lot of good ones here.
0: Yeah, uh, I love um, Jeremy's death. Oh, you the do brother, the first one, yeah. Just because that's, I mean, that's that's the first one where you're like, "Oh, Chris is getting out, yes." Yeah. And, yeah. and then like, I love that you know the way he hits him with the was it a bocce ball? I think he yeah. hits him with in the head. Yeah, yeah. It's so gruesome, but then for a split second, you're like, wait. How I don't understand how he's awake if the sunken place happens, and then he pulls the cotton out of his ears. Yes, and it's like yes. Uh, what about you?
1: That was awesome. No, that was that's the most fun. But I did love Dean's death with the oh, with the scary. deer head. Just and there's so pilled.
0: even like so much symbolism behind that. Yes, he kills him with the deer head, and that's like the whole concept of the of the deer from the first scene and relating back to his mom. It's like that's a great way to mm-hmm. to kill Dean.
1: I love it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's all. Of them. I think my my favorite, though, was kind of that realization that Chris needs to get the fuck out of there, that scene, and Rose can't find the keys, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, that whole thing. So that's that's my winner.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, I have a, a few others that you didn't mention. Uh, so I also had dinner with the family, where you really see how fucking creepy jeremy is yeah and how and how racist he is too like when he's talking about oh do you fight mma oh with your physical features like you would dominate like you'd be a beast and it's like he's just a creepo too he just gives you a weird vibe uh and that scene is his introduction i I really like that Mm -hmm. um obviously sunken place opening scene too for me um i love when chris goes out for a smoke in the middle of the night And we'll get to camera shots in us in one second. But what am I? But arguably my favorite shot in the movie is in that is in that scene too. Uh, But there's so much tension from the second he gets up out of bed, and he's outside, and then he goes back inside, and then that's where the sunken place takes or the hypnosis scene takes place with the sunken place. But even before then, when he goes outside and he. There's a moment with the groundskeeper, and then there's a moment with the maid inside, who are both there was they're both fucking so creepy, creepy as hell too. So yeah, creepy. They, they the two of them make it a horror movie at least for me, especially Georgina the she's, maid. She she's is, the best, she's terrifying. Yeah, she's incredible. So that scene, um, I kind of blended a couple of them together. Uh, so like, I also had Chris finding the pictures of Rose but then I had like a separate one of the keys scene, but I guess that's, that's all one scene. So I had that in there. Um, I love when, when Rose is eating the fruit loops and drinking the milk.
1: Oh my God.
0: And she's, so she's eating the fruit loops in a dry, like dry fruit loops with her hands. And then she's sipping milk with a straw. That's immediately one, how, you know, she's a fucking maniac. That is sociopathic. Uh, <laughs> and then she's listening to, I've had the time of my life. That's great. And she's, and all the while, she is online, like stalking her next victims. It's just she's oh typing my NCAA god.
1: prospects or whatever. I think um, Keegan Michael. Key, she? I didn't even actually. notice that. Yeah, and I think I saw somewhere that like Keegan Michael Key was credited as being one of those like prospects. So oh my god! Space, which is funny. But I thought really funny about that that part you just brought up there is a note from like from Peel, and he was saying like when they were doing the casting that um they took Allison williams and she was this like she didn't have any horror background she was just this like fun like you know team player type of actress yeah and people were just like oh so she's definitely the victim right and he's like no she's awful <laughs> like she is yeah. terrible look what she's doing and then i think here's a quote he's like think about it think about what we're doing milk is kind of gross <laughs> he's talking about <laughs> her drinking the milk like he's He's like, I don't know how you could be on her side anymore. She's blatantly a terrible human being.
0: <laughs> she's great. terrifying. And then there's like that. There's also that scene when she's on the phone with with Rod, when yep. she answers Chris's phone, I think, and she's acting all frantic, like voice wise, but it, then it shows her face, and she's like, "Oh, Rob, I don't know what to do," yep. and like stone cold. She's terrifying. Um, but my my favorite scene of the movie, and and we already talked about it on your end, um, the party. I just think it. it, That scene is just. It's a tremendously crafted scene, and it's such a. uh, It's a such a gut wrenching scene at the same time as we said. Like, just the the. I guess it's that unintentional racism that all these people have, and treating Chris like a prized animal. Now, obviously, you find out that he is there, because they are literally trying to like get in his body. Mm -hmm. Um, But that scene is just so fucked up, and it's so spectacularly made, and then also in that scene when Chris flashes the phone in Logan's face and for that split second Logan freaks out and tells him to to get out uh, it's i i think that might be like my moment of the movie where i get where i get chills and i'm like oh my god
1: mhm no that one that's a lasting image of Logan basically yeah. running after running at Chris that's oh man um all right well we're going to try to take some horror and make it i guess fun or happy-go-lucky i don't know what your take is going to be here but take one scene and make it into a musical
0: all right so i went a little i tried something a little creative here i guess but uh i have when roman armitage so the grandfather appears Mm -hmm. on tv to describe to chris what is exactly happening to him okay it's not really like a i guess not like a scene it's just like a little blimp in in a, a broader scene but it's basically imagine like a music video and like it's just him so it's uh, so Chris is obviously sitting there. He's so disoriented. And then that TV comes on, and it's this old fucking white guy. And he's like, what is happening? And then the guy comes Never on Never going to give
1: you up. Never going to let us.
0: Did you just, just rickroll me? Nah,
1: I thought that's what you were going to say, is that he was going to rickroll from the TV. That would be an amazing <laughs> parody.
0: <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I didn't do that. Actually, oh, not okay. too far off from what I have, though. But okay, sorry, I have I him. He's like... <laughs> He's like, listen up you, listen up you. Your physical traits are great, but our brains deserve oh, wait, oh no, I go back ten seconds. Take two. He goes he goes, listen up you, listen up now. Your physical traits are great, but our brains deserve the crown. And he's describing what they're gonna do. And he goes, uh, here's what we do. You'll take we'll take your brain today, for all eternity we'll have your skills to play away. Chris is so delirious at this point. He still doesn't know what's going on, but he's kind of listening and he's like freaked out. And then at the end, uh, Roman goes, don't worry, don't worry. You'll barely notice a thing. So fall, fall deep, sink in, relax and let us do the work. It'll all be over soon. Just listen to that spoon. <laughs> nice. And then the spoon, the, the, the yeah, when it when in back the teacup. I love and it. And then Chris, and then Chris falls back out. Paul falls back asleep. So
1: that is a creepy scene. I was I was still hoping for a little rickroll at the end of yours, or maybe like a wrap. Never gonna
0: give you a... <laughs> Just add that in. Just add that in at the end. Uh,
1: that movie. would be really good. Um, so, I also took a little bit of creative liberties here um, Nice.
0: we're very creative musical directors we, we
1: are we, we've had quite a bit of experience at, to this point now um so mine is it takes place at the party but it's kind of like an extra scene within the party so um there's basically a musical piece that dean gathers everyone around for but the performance is only performed by logan georgina Walter, um, so basically all of their hypnotized, whatever you want to call it, subjects, Um, and Chris is in the front row, and he's kind of being addressed in this, like, creepy musical or whatever, and so it goes, Armitage, 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 (laughs) and then there's, like, a little bit of a beat, it's like, welcome, we're glad to have you here just know you're one of us nothing yet to fear welcome we think you'll find it lovely at this place it's all a big family here or so appears the case welcome a shout out for our distinguished guest make yourself at home we're hoping for the best welcome and it just kind of keeps going on and on and Chris freaking the fuck out creepy. <laughs> yeah. that is
0: creepy af yeah, I imagine just like all those, all those like old white people. It's almost like a cult, and they're and, like chanting it together. Yeah, it's like exactly. I feel like that's you. Could, I I envision that as like something they do that at for every you know new victim that comes yes. in. Yes,
1: and they're they're like smiling, chant, singing along quietly in the background behind Chris, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?"
0: That's good. I like that. Two good choices here, Adam. Yeah. Really. Um. So moving on best quote what do you have
1: uh i think i've got a bit of rod here but i've also got i think i only have rod and i have dean because dean's got some amazing ones
0: let's let's just let's just get let's just get this out of the way right now bradley whitford dean armitage um this is someone who is a dick in like every movie he's in pretty much (laughs) i mean this is this is what's his name from Billy Madison. I forgot what his character was. It's Eric. But I mean, yeah. it's, like, it's Eric from Billy Madison. It's like I can't ever unthink that. I know. Um, but it's, I have some Dean quotes too. So, so, um.
1: so the first quote I have is my dad would have voted for Obama for a third term if he could, and then shortly after that, boy, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. Yeah, well, that's um, great writing.
0: She said, "Well, she says to to Chris." Rose says to Chris, he's like, my dad would have voted for Obama bomb for a third if you could. And he'll even tell you that. Yeah. And then he and tells, then he tells that. him that it's, it's really clever.
1: I do really like, um, so how long has this thing been going on? This thing. He's <laughs> so awkward. And yeah. Missy is like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which is really good. Because I really like that because it's like, okay, that's, you know, you're going to meet the parents. It feels like meet the parents, by the way. There's some um, elements, yeah. But it's it's you're like, okay, this is like a typical uncomfortable moment, but obviously nothing to what we're about to see. But um, yeah, love that. Um, I <laughs> love. No, they didn't get a chance to jiggle shit because their head was off their fucking body. <laughs> and it's it's part of a longer rant by Rod talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. The Jeffrey and, Dahmer rant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, This is really good. I mean, I told you not to go in the house. (laughs) That's another rod. Um, I'm TS motherfucking A. Amazing.
0: We handle shit. (laughs) We we
1: consider the shit handled or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. And then the last one I have, and this is my winner, chills every fucking time. But it's, you know I can't give you the keys, right, babe? And I was like. This fucking girl. <laughs> She's
0: got the nerve. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. And that's so, great.
1: Oh, my God. It gets me every time. Now Every time yeah. I hear that, I'm going to freak out. But So that's my yeah. winner. What do you have?
0: Nice. Uh, so I had, a, I had a lot of those, but some few that I have uh, that you didn't have. Top of the line, a doggone real keeper. It's Wait, what, wh- who says that? Walter, Walter, the groundskeeper. It's what he says to Chris <laughs> when, like, Chris is talking to him, where Chris realizes that something is very wrong. That's with, right. the, with 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 the with the groundskeeper and the maid. Uh, so I have that. I have a. Uh, Life can be a sick joke. One day you're developing prints in the dark room, and the next day you wake up in the dark. By Stephen Root's character. I just That's, really right. Like that quote. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. So I have a uh, look. Jeffrey Dahmer was eating the shit out of people's heads. Okay, but that was after he fucked the heads. <laughs> And that then whole I like, rant I, I was
1: like this guy's on fire
0: I know I think there's a part in that rant where he's like you could be jiggling balls or something like yeah
1: that. yeah that's what he's talking about he's like he was saying that people were like just were going over there to suck some dick and you could be jiggling the balls and he's like you know what they didn't get to juggle shit that's where my quote came in
0: <laughs> uh, my next one here and I should have brought this scene up because it's a really really fantastic scene and a really powerful scene uh, when Chris says to Georgina all I know is sometimes if there's too many white people I get nervous and then she starts crying. It's that scene when when like she unplugged his phone and then she comes back in the room. that is chilling
1: and she goes, "No, no, 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 no." no, Oh my god. Yeah. She's so good at fine.
0: Yeah, she's so good. I have Rose, give me the goddamn keys. Uh Yeah. Also have, you know, I can't give you the keys right babe. T is motherfucking A. Uh, but my quote of the movie is um, by Logan when the camera goes off in his face and he gets up in Chris and he goes, get out. <laughs> and I think he, I think he throws a fuck in there. I think he goes, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I just like one, it's the title of the movie and I love that shit. Yeah, I, I was going to uh, say you're a sucker but for that, those. Yeah. But that, that moment is so intense. Um, so I love that. That's mine.
1: Oh God. Um Chilling stuff, really. So yeah. many of them. Um, what helps out though is the camera, and we've already alluded to a little bit on some of the like really good work that's been done. But it's it's absolutely phenomenal in this film. So give me some of your best shots from
0: here. So I have one, two, three, four, five. I have eight nominees here, and I don't think I've ever had that for a movie we've done on this wow. podcast before. Wow. Uh, I felt like almost every other scene I was writing like, oh, that's an amazing camera shot. So uh, just just my list here, and then I'll end with with my winners. Um, So my first one is when uh, Rose and Chris get to her parents' house, and they're like greeting them on the porch, and the camera is backing away from the house. And then all of a sudden we see Walter, Walter. the groundskeeper, like he's standing there, and we see his backside, and he's just staring. Yep. Uh, Then immediately you're like, all right, something's fucked up with these people. Um, So I love that. I love this one's a a really quick one, uh, but it's really great. It's during dinner when Rose's mother walks into the kitchen and Georgina, the maid, is just standing there staring at at you, at the viewer, at the camera, and she's not moving and it's so creepy. Uh, But then the door closes and it's like in a flash of a second and like you might even miss it if you're not looking at the right time. Yep. Super clever. I love that. Um, I love that that scene I was just talking about with Georgina and Chris when it's the close up of Georgina and she starts crying, and but then her like face like switches back. It's almost like you know the, we find out the the actual woman who's inside is trying to like break free in that moment. Yeah, and it, it's 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 devastating. It's crazy. Um, that, that's so one. I love that's that.
1: that. Honestly, that like. 15 seconds is maybe the best acting performance, in my opinion, in, it in might, the movie. I, it honestly
0: might be, yeah. I, she's just, she's spectacular. She really is a sensation. Yep. Um, the, the close-up on, I know I keep bringing up this fucking moment, but the close-up on Logan's face right before he says get out when Chris flashes the phone and you see like his nose start to bleed and his eyes, something changes with his eyes, they dilate and you can tell there's another person like, yep. like coming in that body. It's nuts. Um so that so my winners though I I kind of have a tie for first place. So um obviously like not only is it like to fans probably most definitely the shot of the movie, it's the poster of the movie, it's probably what we think of when we hear this movie. It's the close up on Chris's face as he's crying during the hypnosis, right? It's just like his eyes are so wide, the tears are streaming down his face. It's, it's an unbelievable close-up shot. So I have that, but I also have a tie with uh, that scene I really like when Chris is outside for his first smoke. And he's standing there, and all of a sudden, Walter, the groundskeeper, is sprinting towards him. Yeah. And you're, I remember when I saw that for the first time, I was spooked because as a little kid— like a reoccurring nightmare that i would constantly have and i'm sure this i think this is pretty common it's like someone is chasing you and like you are trying to move and you can't and that person is running so fast towards you yeah and and I, and i maybe that's where jordan peele got that like concept from but i love that shot uh so i can't really decide which one i like more so i'm gonna say those two or a tie for the shot of the movie with me.
1: I think that's fair. Right after that r- racing towards him, uh, he looks up and Georgina is just Georgina, like, Georgina oh staring out the window. And the, and it's then the, so the, creepy. The combination with the score too, which is yeah. like, it's kind of got that like vintage horror score in it too, which is, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, I can't disagree with any of those. I have a couple to add actually. Um, there's so many good ones in this movie. It's amazing. Yeah. In the beginning when they hit the deer, Chris kind of steps into the woods for the deer and they the camera just goes really low and it shows his feet and he's like, like slowly like a zombie walking towards the the deer that they hit. So really like that kind of pretty early on in the movie. Um when Chris is actually sinking into the floor, so you mentioned the hypnosis, but he's That's seeing awesome. uh Missy through like a TV. They they blended that tv he was watching as a kid to like the view that he's kind of like looking up into to see missy which is really cool as he's falling oh i didn't
0: i didn't put i didn't realize i didn't put together that that was like the tv from his memory when he was 11
1: that's how yeah that's how that's how i interpreted it that's good
0: no that that that's actually accurate now that i think about that that's that's good good observation
1: um i did also like when chris's just in the chair it's just a very simple shot but he's right in front of the deer head and it's kind of looking from behind yeah. him up at the deer head, which is really interesting as it kind of resurfaces. Um, and then I do really like that when Rose is, uh, Rose is down at the end of the movie and she's kind of looking up to the car. And it kind of puts the camera in, in her eyes looking towards the car, calling for help um, in like a Titanic-type voice. Uh, <laughs> Jack, <laughs> come <goodbye>. back. <laughs>
0: yeah. Jack, Jack. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just come Blowing the whistle, <laughs> um but yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of. But no, really good camera work. But man, if I had to choose a winner, I think it's the the hypnosis sinking into the floor, looking through the quote unquote TV into Missy. I yeah, thought.
0: so powerful. It's 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 spectacular. Yeah, the camera work. I mean the writing in this movie is spectacular the acting is great but the ca- i mean i don't know the camera work is is on is on that same level for me it's just yeah and it, and it needs unreal. to
1: be for a horror film it's got to be at least good enough to to have some deception but it's it's way more than that in this
0: film way yeah, more it really is um, adam I, I couldn't find many farts in this movie i mean this movie is so is crafted so amazingly and splendidly. Um, there were a, a couple tiny tidbits I wrote down. Uh, but w- what do you have for farts? Do you find any gas here?
1: I got one little toot. Um, it's when Rose and Chris left the party What during the silent auction or what they thought was bingo. Um, they left the party, they're talking, and then they walk back. And when they walk back, it's like pitch black.
0: I did notice that. And
1: I'm like, how long were they out there? That just seems <laughs> like... I don't know, because it wasn't, I mean, the sun was, like, maybe starting to set. I think it was, like, maybe 3, 4 o'clock. When they walked back, it seems like it's, like, 10 p.m., so I was, like, holy shit. Yeah.
0: Maybe it was, like, maybe they went out. Let's see. Let's see. This takes place in upstate New York. It's clearly, like, either fall or summertime because they're all wearing, like, warm clothes. Um. Mm-hmm. So the sun sets later in the summer or in the warmer seasons. So yeah, they might I mean, they must have been out there for like good, like four hours or something. <laughs> it's a long know. time. <laughs> yeah, that is a long time. That's a good fart though. Is that how you had?
1: That's it. That's it for me.
0: So I have, I have two, but they're all they're kind of blended into one because it's about the same exact scene. Uh, so first, how does Rod find out where the Armitage family actually lives? We don't actually. Well,
1: like, he's got some detective in him. T.S. Mo- motherfucking, motherfucking A. T.S. motherfucking A, but, <laughs>
0: but, like, he... I, but,
1: yeah, I don't.
0: He goes to the cops. The cops clearly don't believe him. They don't acknowledge him, so they don't help him. How does he just find out where they live? I don't know. I would have... I don't know. Yeah. Like some more details on that. Uh, and then, also, how does Rod... May, maybe TSA employees get access to this. I have no idea. But how does Rod get the car? Yeah. <laughs> and don't. are there actually such things as TSA cars that look like cop cars?
1: That's a tough one. I was wondering the same thing. I didn't put it on the farts. That's a good <laughs> fart. But like, it was like, did I don't think he's able to take that car out. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. And imagine like, so let's see, they live in New York City. The parents live in upstate New York. That's probably like, a, I've never been to upstate New York. That's at least like a few hours worth of drive.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: It's gotta be. So like, He's probably losing his job by taking that car out.
1: There's probably a number of things that he's done. Well, he actually, let me save it for the trivia. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, save there's there's other... <laughs> OK, so I'm glad we got the gas out of the way, though. Let's take a quick break and come back for Biggest Asshole.
0: This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Keep It Flowing Till You Can't Flow No More, the newest dancing video game for the whole family to enjoy. Stuck inside during the pandemic and are unsure on how to approach those few hours between dinner and bedtime? Don't look now, but keep it flowing till you can't flow no more has you covered. The game combines the quick footwork of Dance Dance Revolution with the interface of Guitar Hero or Rock Band, where all you do is hold the controller and dance the night away. And here's the catch. There's no guided dance routine for you. You have to be your own choreographer and make up the steps as you go. Go online at keepitflowintoyoucan'tflowno and use the promo code nobutter. That's N O - B U T T E R for your free trial with Keep It Flow Until You Can't Flow No More. So what are you waiting for? Get your behind off the couch and dance the night away with Keep It Flow Until You Can't Flow No More. I sure will.
1: Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. We're talking get out and time to kick off the second segment Brett with biggest asshole i think there's quite a bit to choose from here but who do you have
0: uh so two nominees here my first nominee is jeremy rose's brother uh the guy's a dick you know mo- yeah, the guy's a dick so like most people you know dean uh missy rose's mother all the all the older adults at the party they're all racist but they all at least try to like Hide their racism for like a short period of time, whereas Jeremy is just blatant. Yep. Like he doesn't really hide it. Like he's a dick to Chris immediately.
1: And that's a really uncomfortable scene because I mean, yeah. Again, at the at the time, you know something's up, but you all you're really looking for at that moment is just like a little bit of racism, and it's like blatantly in your face at the dinner scene. You're like, God. Damn it, Jeremy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the first moment where it's like, oh, fuck, yeah. Um, and so my second nominee is, this might take a little brain power, um, everyone in the movie except for Chris and Rod.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, even the detectives that they tried, that Rod tried going to. Yeah, I think
0: everyone, every single person in this movie, besides the two of them, is a villain and is a racist prick. If you think about it,
1: it's so true. I'm trying to come up with with a, a counterpoint, but I can't. I can't. Oh nothing. That's so true.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, so I'm going to go with that answer. Okay, you're taking
1: the field. I think that's a I think that's a fair play in this movie. Uh, doesn't happen often. What I did was I just took the four family members and I did a power ranking in terms of who I thought was the biggest. Um, so I'll actually start from, from four and work my way up. Do it. So four, I actually have Jeremy. Um, Wow. Okay. He, so if the category was biggest douche, I think he'd be biggest douche, but like, He's probably the biggest asshole to me. He seems to me um at least the view that we get, he's more of a player and less of a play caller in this operation. Sure. That's
0: I like that. So, yeah, yeah.
1: that's that's pretty much why he's for number 3. This is where it got really tough, but Dean, I put number 3 um, thang. <laughs> this thing, <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's got a, just enough of those one-liners to save it for me. But it really wasn't about what saved him from being the biggest asshole. It's just I think the other two were just bigger assholes than Dean. So number two is Missy, and I'm I can't believe we haven't talked about Missy enough here because unreal. Um, I actually think that Catherine Keener was the best. In this film, I thought I like thought, out of all, out of out of everyone, like
0: all the a- acting you're saying, yeah, yeah, she is she's something else in this. She's I, amazing.
1: I I and we'll get to Mount Rushmore later yeah. in the third segment, yeah. but I think she's um un- unbelievable in the way that she you you doubt her the whole time and you know something's clearly up, but she's got that really like soft spoken eerie way to her that continues throughout the whole movie. So I love it so much. But she kind of orchestrates it with the hypnotism, and you know, she's she's kind of at the center of it in a couple scenes. Um, my biggest asshole though was Rose. I mean, yeah. she played us for a fool. Um,
0: she's so evil. She's so fucking evil. She's
1: the worst. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. When you see those, when you see the pictures, it's yeah. like
1: oh, that's when you're like, dude, oh my God. that's kind of a fart a little bit to me. Was when. When Chris saw those pictures, I think he should have just fucking went after Rose. I know there's probably an element of him that was like, all right, maybe she's still on my side. And he's been duped for four or five months of just getting like played by this chick. But I don't know. At that point, you can't trust anyone.
0: Are you saying like when he sees the pictures and then she's in the room, just confront her immediately? Yeah, like,
1: confront her and yeah. just grab the keys yourself. Don't be like, "Hey, honey, can I have the keys or whatever?" Like, no, dude, you gotta get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, that was the point where you're like, "This bitch, uh uh-uh.
0: uh, uh uh." Yeah, and then uh, the the scene with the with the cereal and the milk is just oh, like, it's chilling, oh, man. "Oh god, it's chilling!" It's, it's fruit chilling. loops,
1: fruit loops, right?
0: Fruit loops, fruit
1: loops. Is that a trivia fruit question they had her. <laughs>
0: Uh, I did not have that okay. on my trivia list, okay. but, uh, uh, Adam get out, I think is a really good title for this movie, but if you could give this movie a new title, what would it be? I
1: had two. So one was coagula. Ooh, just be a nice. one word title, which I love. Um, but it, you know, you don't really, you really don't hear it until the, uh, the Roman video, but he, he mentions it there and it's pretty creepy. Um, And then the other title I have would just be A Sunken Place. Yeah. So I feel like that was kind of like a low-hanging fruit one I had to grab. But, uh, I mean, I love Get Out. But I think all all three of those could play. What about you?
0: Uh, Yeah, those are all really good. I only had one. uh, And it's already a movie title from a movie made in, like, the early 90s. But uh, I chose Run. I like it. Same, same same one word like, concept. Figure spe- and... same concept as like get out too it's like kind of that same meaning but uh there's a movie called run i think it was from like 1991 with patrick dempsey where he like kills the accidentally kills this guy and then like that guy's family who is like a mo- they're like mobsters are like out to get him. um but this is way better the movie than that so uh i think S- sunken place could be really good too but i think get out's a great title though no i'm, good I'm with,
1: with you but uh when we make a sequel loosely based on this film, we can use one of those titles that we just came up with. <laughs> um, Most definitely. So, which actor or actress would you actually like to see replace one of the stars in this film?
0: So, uh, just off the bat, I think Allison Williams is awesome as Rose. But if there were someone else to be Rose, uh, I chose Amelia Clark, the great Daenerys Targaryen, huh. as as rose uh okay i think i think she'd be so i think she'd be really good at like that flip of the switch going from super sweet and like loving to really fucking evil because she does that in game of thrones
1: she does she does um turn from your favorite character to like the absolute worst which is pretty similar
0: (laughs) so that's why i chose her
1: uh i think that's a fair play i like it <laughs> um i agree good though allison williams is unbelievable um she's so good so mine i, I love bradley woodford uh we've talked about him already yeah. but um replacing him as dean i would have kevin spacey
0: Ooh, just right.
1: uh, you know a sly deceptive son of a bitch who is extremely manipulative in almost...
0: Definitely a son of a bitch, yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he's manipulative in almost all of his films and questionably in real life as well. Uh, we don't have to get into that. But, you know, from an Correct. acting perspective, I think I think it'll play here.
0: Not bad, not bad. Uh, so that kind of is a good segue into our next question. Adam, would Get Out be better or worse with John Hamm in it?
1: I really like that you did John Hamm for this one. Don't um, wait. Is
0: it you or another one of our friends that really dislikes John Hamm?
1: Not me. I okay, I good. respect John Hamm. I actually haven't seen a ton of John Hamm. I'm not a Mad Men guy. Yeah, um, I seen which I know either. is a big big thing. I love him in Curb though. By the way, John Hamm is so, in the latest so, so is so Curb. So good, Yeah, he's so um, good. But John Hamm's good. I mean, he's he's white. He's really white, like super white. white. So I think it's a good casting yeah. idea on your end. Um, I think it would be better. I actually thought that he, now replace Steven Root, um, and I'm blanking Ooh, on okay. on the character's name, but yeah, um, he would be the guy that ultimately purchases Chris, though. Like I think he would be just like a you know a snobby, wealthy, white dude, who just kind of uh, uses his like. He's kind of manipulative, too, actually, when I think about some of his characters. So, like, I I, I think he would use that um, on Chris.
0: I I agree. I I also think this movie would be better with him. And I have him as, as you said, either one of the the racist friends at the party. I could just see him, like, constantly commenting on Chris's physical features, you know. And he's such a confident dick about it. Mm -hmm. So I could see that. Or I could honestly also see him as Dean.
1: I, I figured I was—I was curious if you were going to bring that up. Um, I think that could work too. I could see it.
0: I could see it. It's just like, so Chris, <laughs> tell me. So and so. So this was you this a football my... guy? What's your sport? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. See, I got these back in Nepal. Uh... <laughs> Chris, what's your purpose in this life? I, <laughs> yeah. To see it. And again, like the fact that he's he can play a manipulative character. He's really white. Super like, white. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I feel like that could work. Yeah,
1: that's good. I think it's it's not often we say that the person proposed in this case would be better. We both agree on it, but it's it's happening here. Yeah. This is history on the pod. Um <laughs> All right, let's move into the trivia here. I personally only had two questions i think you answered one of them already and we alluded to the other one um but i'll let you start us off with your first
0: all right well i had four and you answered one of them or no i had four and we answered two of them so this will be a short trivia round so my first one what sport did jeremy play in high school
1: uh lacrosse yes um ding ding correct that was lead me to the the one question that we kind of already alluded to but which sport does
0: jeremy ask chris about uh mixed martial arts yes
1: and then they go into jujitsu and all that crap but yep
0: yeah so here was here's uh one that we previously brought up but um what's the procedure called that they want to do on chris that they've done on all these other people
1: that's the coagula right Yes, correct. Um and then the only other one I had was, um, according to Rod, who is going to be like the perpetrator behind the next nine eleven? <laughs> like who's going to cause the next terrorist yeah. attack? Ooh, or like what? What type of person? What group of people?
0: I don't know. Is it white liberals?
1: No, he just says old people. Oh, because it's because he got busted for, or so he got yelled at for like patting down an old lady. And he was saying that like old ladies can pretty much be terrorists too. And he said something like next oh, 9-11 is wow. going to be some geriatric shit or something like that.
0: That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so here's my next one. Uh, so I, what was his name again what was dean's dad's name whatever roman. something armitage roman roman armitage uh what gave roman armitage or what inspired roman armitage to 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 carry out this coagulate procedure on on black people and to do this horrendous thing what what was the the catalyst that sparked this idea in him
1: uh they don't
0: blatantly say this but they give a very good hint as to what it was
1: he was sick is that what it was
0: no, so uh he lost to Jesse Owens in the Olympics.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: So in, in there is that early scene when he when Dean is like, Look, this is my dad and it's like him in a tra- in like in his track uniform and he's like, His claim to fame, he lost to Jesse Owens in the thirty six Olympics and then he was like, He almost got over it. Mm hmm. But if you kind of put that together, it's like he—why did he lose? Because he was not as fast. He didn't have the physical traits that Jesse Owens had,
1: which is really interesting because he—he is the one who um, is actually possessing Walter's body, and so he's like sprinting, you know. Right. And you can tell he's like training. It's still like a passion of his to some to some extent. So uh, that's a really good one.
0: Uh, did you have any others?
1: No, that was it for me.
0: All right. Well, I, I actually just thought of one uh, right on the spot right now that I'm going to throw in, and and there's it. It's not really, I guess, a, one of our traditional questions because you wouldn't know it unless you've like done some research about the movie. But um, I just thought this was funny. Jordan Peele has a has an acting credit in this movie. What is it for? Jordan
1: Peele oh i think i s- oh man i don't know
0: he does the the groaning of the deer when they when they hit the deer with their car and you hear the deer going like Whoa, oh, uh. <laughs> that's him that's that's jordan peele doing that
1: <laughs> that's hilarious yeah i
0: would have never gotten that but i can't believe yeah, that's I, actually I know, him unless you- yeah, no, he's like great at like at funny voices and stuff. You know, he does like a lot of the voices on Big Mouth too. Does he? I didn't know that. Like, like the the Duke Ellington voice. Like of all like the like <laughs> the, the musical the, the musical ghosts. Yeah, oh, I like think like a few of them are him. Like I think he did the Freddie Mercury one too. I love which that is one. Insane. That is amazing. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did not know that. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And then my last one, but we already answered it. Uh, what does Chris kill Rose's dad with? The deer head. Oh, I love it. The deer head. Love it. Yeah, that's such a great death. Yeah, I love that too. So uh, actually pretty good trivia round. Uh, let's take a quick break again, and then we will dive into our final segment. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Fresh Toes. If you're anything like me, your feet are not the best smelling part of your body. That's why I use Fresh Toes, the newest foot freshener on the market. Unlike most foot sprays, fresh toes are little scented caps that you place on top of your toes to make your stinky feet smell great. Try them in all sorts of smells, from mint and bubblegum to grilled filet and asparagus. It's time to take care of your feet, so do it with fresh toes. Get your first supply of fresh toes by going to freshtoes.net and use the promo code butterless over butter for a 10% discount. Fresh toes, the best solution for smelly feet welcome back to butterless popcorn we are in our final segment here uh adam plot what ifs for get out what do you have
1: so we talked about this briefly in the alternate endings section but what if it wasn't rod in the cop car like it actually was an officer Uh, how does that unfold i mean we know that it would have taken some kind of route towards like criminal justice system and the the issues that we're having there but like I don't know what do you think the next scene or two look like?
0: Not good. Um so in in the real ending, Chris th- thinks it's a cop car and he and he puts his hands up like mm-hmm. he's like all right, just take me in like I I know you're going to take me in, you know? He's um he's, he's he's submissive to them. So I think that happens, I think they take him in and um Uh, you know, we try to see Chris get out of the situation. Like, he clearly goes to jail, and uh, they he tries to claim his. My innocence. cousin Vinny
1: comes in, and then you know starts doing his thing.
0: You're an alpha fucking <laughs> They You know, they actually filmed this filmed movie. There, in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You come from New York. in yeah. New York, so no way this isn't going to trial. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think something like that where they arrest him, and and he tries to. Obviously, there's, like, not much of the movie left after that. It's the end. But they arrest him, and uh, it unfortunately shows just kind of the the corruption and and the unfortunate state of the legal system.
1: Yeah, I think there would be, like, a number of pieces of evidence that would be shown in, like, a trial that would show that the Armitages are actually super shitty people. But it would be, like, discounted as, like, coincidental or circumstantial and not really have an impact and he'd still be found guilty which i think ultimately is what you can kind of infer or guess would help happen but yeah no, no good
0: um that was a good one so i had what if georgina doesn't step in front of the car when chris is driving away and so chris doesn't hit her there's a lot of different factors that come into this. Cause that basically means Chris is just able to drive. In.
1: Yeah. I guess he would drive off. Um, I guess he would be driving off and he would run into hopefully not literally that would suck, but run into rod. Um, like rod would just see a car racing by and start to think that, Hey, maybe that was, uh, Chris getting out. So he'd probably follow that car, maybe pull it over or try to, and, realize it was Chris and they get away but then you've still got Rose on the loose
0: so so that's what I was gonna say because Rose is still alive
1: right uh and so is Walter stuck in oh yeah stuck in there that's right in Roman so um that's tough I guess it would like ooh, it'd be a sequel Rose would like start her own new family business if you will or she'd carry on the business
0: so it's actually pretty crazy so i wrote this what if question and then i read in the in vulture's oral history of the movie there was a really cool quote from allison williams when she was talking about rose and it kind of answers this question which is really cool so this is a direct quote from her she goes my instinct is that rose is all in and this is all she knows and she really likes it and she's good at it in terms of Deceiving Mm -hmm. these people, she's not a victim, and she doesn't have Stockholm syndrome. So one of my first questions to Jordan Peele was, if Rose's whole family died and she survived, would she keep doing this? And Jordan Peele said yes. There we go. So that so that might be it. Like Chris, Chris is able to drive away, and Rose comes out of the house. The house is burning down. Her family's dead, and she's going to come back with a vengeance.
1: With some Fruit Loops and some milk, man. <laughs> That's, yeah. uh, no, I like that. That's fine. So she's, yeah, I mean, it goes back to number one asshole in the movie, Rose. Um, Pretty much, yeah. All right, switching gears, Brett, if you could redo the movie in a different
0: genre, what would you choose? So, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. Um, I chose to make this as an episode of 60 Minutes with Chris Washington, <laughs> So it's like, I don't. Who's the host of of sixty Minutes? It's not Barbara Walters anymore. It's um, I don't. I don't know who the fuck it is. Whoever the host of sixty Minutes is, it's that person sitting down with Chris Washington, where he's recounting the horrific events of that weekend in Upstate New York. <laughs> so it's almost like documentary style, I yeah. guess. It, I would probably go with documentary. So it's like documentary style. It's, so so Chris,
1: you thought you were just meeting parents. <laughs> I mean, you walk into the house, and then what?
0: And then it's just—it's
1: so good. I'll,
0: you know, I'll tell you. I didn't expect to happen. What happened? I'll tell you that. It'd be, um, it'd
1: be, uh, what is it like? The three or four o'clock football game. It'd be like, uh, like Joe yeah. Buck
0: <laughs> tonight on sixty minutes, and they hear the. Then you hear the. Chris Washington recounting the horrific events.
1: Oh, man. Tune in
0: tonight on 60 Minutes.
1: Except on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah.
0: With me and the Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman. <laughs> oh, that's so good.
1: Uh, and yeah. that is tonight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: what, what'd you have here? Oh,
1: I'm sorry. I didn't have any Joe Buck in here, but I did have a sports oh, reference, okay. so... Ooh. Um, and I'm just kind of reading over it right now. This is this is fucking ridiculous. But it would be like a parody film. Um, but so it's I put that the University of Kentucky is hungry for a basketball championship. They haven't had one wow. They haven't had a championship <laughs> since 2012 when Anthony. Where's this going? <laughs> you'll see when Anthony Davis and the Wildcats, uh, or when Anthony Davis led the Wildcats with Michael Kid gilchrist and, and that whole team. Um, but competition's increasing. And recruiting has been more and more, it's become more and more difficult over the years, particularly in the Midwest. So the program tries to think of ways, new innovative ways that they can convince their potential recruits to join their fight and win a championship and make the school a ton of money. And their method is hypnosis.
0: Oh. Yeah. (laughs) That's some dark shit, <laughs> yeah it's, I it's like it
1: it's kind of a similar um similar type of genre, but it would be just more of a parody because it's just only for for basketball purposes, so it's sure. kind of like the blind side, but
0: intentional I like it. it's pretty good, hell yeah um uh, and I'm Mount Rushmore now, a lot of names here, and uh. So so we have a nice chunk to go through. Uh, So kick us off with somebody you want to talk about Rushmore for and if whether get out makes it or not for them.
1: The first one is Bradley Whitford. We've talked about him a couple times. (laughs) I I think absolutely this makes it. I mean, look, I'm not a big West wing guy. I haven't watched it.
0: I don't think I've ever seen an episode.
1: Yeah, I haven't either, but he's, he's in quite a bit of West wing. Uh, he's in Billy Madison, which we talked about. He's Eric. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I've seen anything else, to be honest, with him in it. But he's he's great in this, so I it's, it's a yes for me.
0: He is really good in this. So I also put so I put Get Out, Billy Madison. Uh, he's also actually kind of solid in Scent of a Woman, that Al Pacino movie. Oh, okay. Uh, he plays a huge dick, and obviously in that movie. And then Revenge of the Nerds too. He's, he's in the that? main. He's the main villain in Revenge in this in Revenge of the Nerds two the sequel where they it's I think it's the one where they where they go to Florida if you've seen that one I don't maybe I haven't uh, seen
1: the second one actually yeah
0: so he's the main villain in that and he's a okay huge <laughs> uh but yes I also have Get Out this is um it's definitely the most I'm and again I'm not some Bradley Whitford savant I don't know his career but this is the most sophisticated performance I've for sure seen him in
1: mm-hmm, absolutely. All right, who do you got here? All
0: right, let's see. I will take. Who am I going to take? I'll take Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, I love him. He's awesome. Uh, he's good in a lot of stuff. I mean, Uncut Gems. I don't know if you saw it. Not he's yet. really he's really good in Uncut Gems. He was awesome in Knives Out as Daniel Craig's co detective. Um, Sorry to bother you, which came out like a year or two ago. That was a really quirky, bizarre movie. But he's the main character in that. He's great and um he you know his screen time in get out is small but i think he really packs a punch uh when he's on screen in this movie so I, I say yes i think he's fantastic
1: i'm with you i didn't even put him down but i i probably should have because he is really good in that limited time um Knives out too i'm glad you brought that up uh, that's i love that movie yeah fantastic yeah. um so yeah i'm with you there the next one i'm going to go with is uh clj caleb lantry jones yes uh he's great he's really really good and i was the whole time i'm like this is a guy that i've seen a few movies with but i couldn't put my finger on it um but i put yes so he's phenomenal in this three billboards um, it's one of my favorite movies, but he's great. It's so good. He's great he's in that too. He's the. I'm.
0: I'm trying to remember because I only saw three billboards once. He's the. He plays like a character who's completely different to this character, which is cool. Doesn't he play like that really nice guy who runs the business or something? And yeah. He make, ends up like breaking his arm or something.
1: Yeah. He. Uh, well, er, wait. Is he thrown out of the window? Yes. Thru- yeah. So
0: doesn't he run the billboard business? He, he and runs the he's billboard like, business. Thrown and thrown out of the window. Pushed, yeah. yeah. Um, he's
1: like a nice guy, but also like not helpful in that situation. So kind of deserved it, but, um, really good in that. I loved it. And then he's an X-Men first class. He's Banshee. Um,
0: Oh yeah, he is. That's a, that's a really good movie too.
1: I, I'm not a huge X-Men fan. I am a fan, but that's, I think I love, I've seen that one like 10 times. I love it, but he's really good. Yeah, in me that too. too. That's, so, yeah. Same boat. Um, so yeah, definite yes for me here.
0: Right on. Uh, I'm going to take Catherine Keener here as Missy Armitage. Uh so I I you know, I have not seen a ton of of stuff, but uh three movies I absolutely love her in. So Capote, she's really good in that. Um she plays Harper Lee. Uh she's fantastic in this as we've said. And then 40-year-old virgin, man.
1: Oh, baby. She
0: is she is hilarious in 40-year-old virgin. And it's crazy that like I mean that honestly shows her range and what she can do. Like she's Completely yeah. different character. She's a hot grandma. A she's a hot, <laughs> hot, funny grandma, and in this, she is an evil fucking grandma. Um, yeah. No, she. I mean, I think I think she is just absolutely lights out in this. Um, she's so subtle, as you were saying before, um, but her intentions are so cruel, and you can see it too. So I, I say absolutely yes. Yeah. Oh, and I think she was sorry. She was nominated for an Oscar for being John Malkovich, which I've heard of for years, but I've never seen.
1: I'm with you. Yeah, I had that down. Um, No, the range you set it best with four year old virgin to get out. Unbelievable. But she, to me, she won the movie. Like, I I think she just did the best job. Um, And the whole time you're trying to guess, again, like whether it's the whole family or whether it's one individual character. But with her, the whole time you know something's up. She's she's fucking nuts, but so good. Um, Moving on, I'm going to go with Allison Williams. Nice. who actually you know her her resume or her list of performances in film is actually fairly light um not a ton of like huge roles she, she, girls she's in girls tv show she's huge in that um or sorry that show was huge um mm-hmm. but i put yes i mean she's she's unbelievable on get out as well um the deception that she brings along with the entire movie to hold that, and then flip her character on a dime to be just some evil soul-sucking bitch um, at the end of the film, was super impressive. So, I loved every bit of it that uh, that she gave. I actually, I was thinking about it like throughout the movie, I was like, you know what? I don't love Allison Williams, but that's because I thought her character was supposed to be like a loving girlfriend, right?
0: And that's, that's why Jordan Peele casted her too.
1: Right. And I'm like, there's, you know, there's, there's nothing a lot going on here. And then when it turns, you're like, oh, she's awesome. Here we go.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Yep. She totally blows you away. I mean, her character, if she didn't take that turn and if she was good the whole time, her character would have been boring. Yep. You know? So it's like when she takes that turn, (laughs) it's fucking awesome. It's awesome. Nuts. It's nuts. Um, Next up, I'll take Steven Root. Uh, there you go. Steven Root. I mean, I I have you know, I haven't seen a, a ton of movies that he's in, but like obviously we love dodgeball. We love office space. I can't believe we've this is like the third time we've talked about Steven Root on this I, podcast. I know, I know. Um I feel like he comes up all the time. But I, I'd say yes. I mean, Jim Hudson, his character, he again, another guy with a small amount of screen time. He's great. I mean, he's his character is really creepy. Um and his dialogue is really good. He has that line about being in the dark that I really like. Um and then when he is on tv talking to chris and his head is shaved and he's describing why he wants chris's eyes and his body it's, it's really intense and it's pretty creepy um so i say yes he's great in this
1: i agree. he does a lot with limited screen time as well he's got a really he's able to get a connection on camera with chris really quickly which is impressive um and then yeah again flip it into the creepy character for like the two minutes on tv i'm with you um Moving along. I'm gonna go Lil Rel Howery. Uh,
0: I I I've never seen this guy in anything else.
1: I, he looked familiar, but I don't think I had either. But he was hilarious. He he's was, amazing. He was, this this so movie funny. is
0: this movie is not the same without him. He he's so good as Rod. He's so funny.
1: Yeah. So I mean, that's it's an easy yes for me. Big thumbs up because I was like, I haven't seen anything else, and
0: he's fantastic. Hundred uh, percent. So I'll go ahead and take Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, as chris washington i obviously it's a yes i uh, he was nominated for an oscar I, when i think of him i think of this movie uh, but it's also pretty good in black panther uh he gained a, a lot of uh there was a lot of hype for a movie that came out last year called queen and slim he was in i didn't see it but it got rave reviews and i'm really excited to see a movie that's actually coming out in like a month or two very soon it's called judas and the black messiah where he plays Fred Hampton, who was the leader of the Black Panther Party, like in Chicago in the sixties, uh, pretty nuts, and it's a true story. So I'm, I'm not putting that out as Mount Rushmore because it hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just, just saying. Hopes. Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kalua has done some good work, but it sounds like his best work might still be ahead of him. Uh, but yes, forget Out, he's he's great in this. He's really really good.
1: Sorry to ruin your Black Panther party. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he is good. I'm glad you mentioned Black Panther too. Um, you know, obviously some, some guys ahead of him in that film, but he was very good. Um, only other one I have on my list is, is the big Jordan Peele.
0: We got to talk about the man. I it, mean, it's, it's
1: yeah. What well, what can you say? I mean, again, he's at, to this point, you know, it's interesting because when I did this Mount Rushmore, I did it for just the director, Jordan Peele, but there's the actor, Jordan Peele. There's the writer, right. Jordan Peele um there's the producer jordan peele so he's he's touched a lot of work especially since then so um but it's it's a a thousand percent without a doubt yes for jordan peele this is his movie from start to finish and it's it's as close to a perfect horror movie i think as you could get
0: totally agree yeah i mean this is um you know, he still has a lot of work to do. Like, he's got a lot more great work that's going to happen. He's still only, like, 41. He's got that horror movie Candyman that was supposed to come out but got delayed because of the pandemic. Uh, he's awesome. And, and the the skill he brings as a as a comic and this guy who has such a, you know, a, a great mind for horror and such a, a, a fan of horror, his movies have that different element to them. I don't know if you ever saw Us, his movie that came out a couple years ago. It was the one after this um also super twisted it didn't really have as many comedic elements to it but the social themes were there and like the really strange horror because like I wouldn't say get out is uh like there are a couple moments that are kind of scary but it's not mm-hmm. a scary movie you know right it's not a movie that like if if you're if your 14 year old kid watched it like they might have like nightmares at night at night it's not that kind of movie right it's it's it's, it's it's so scary because of, it's horrific because of its themes and what it represents. And that's a really unique skill that he brings. And this movie is just, is, is the epitome of that. Um, and Us had those themes too, but uh, this is just, I mean, as you said, this movie is his baby. He wrote it, he directed it, did the voice of the dying deer. Uh, you what know, <laughs> one, one more, one more can he ask for? I mean, he won an Oscar for it, for his writing. Uh, it's, Hundred percent, yes, for Jordan Peele.
1: I think that uh, I think that leads us well into our next category here, um, and our final one. But this movie's legacy. But I, I imagine we can't start talking about this without, again, going off of Jordan Peele here.
0: Yeah, I mean that's it. I mean it's just as we keep saying, it's you know the, the combination of of being a horror slash thriller having funny moments of, and, you know, bits of comedy in there. And then just the, the social consciousness and, and the, and the social themes that are, that are intertwined in it. And that really make this movie what it is. I mean, this, this movie should be taught in, in film school, quite frankly, like for it's. Well, yeah. From, and the for, cinematography, a,
1: the camera work too. It's right. like, I, I, as a first time director, you're like, how on earth is, is it this good? I mean, and every aspect of the film
0: from a technical standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint and for its its profound themes and its its really important themes to the world and, and our country. Um, it's such a powerful amazingly crafted piece of work. And so I think that's its its main legacy, legacy and just also, you know, the arrival of Jordan Peel, the arrival of or like the next step yep. in Jordan's Peel arc. Like you know how we in the two pods we've done where we talk about Jonah Hill Right, I think, I think in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Moneyball one, I, I remember saying like one of the one of the legacy pieces of that movie was like the arrival of Jonah Hill, where Jonah Hill really took that next step in his career. That that was this for Jordan Peele, but like times a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think so too. Well, because
1: all of a sudden now, it's not just that oh he can direct a movie; it's oh he can be one of the great directors of our generation here. Like that's how yeah. good this movie was. Out of nowhere, yeah, I, out of nowhere. Yeah, it's
0: really out of, out of nowhere again. As I said, when this first started off, I remember seeing the trailer for this movie and just like not being too interested because it was attached to Jordan Peele's name. And that was, I was 100 million percent wrong. I was so, so wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't judge a book by its cover because he totally knocked this one out of the park and uh, really changed all views of him, I think. I mean, in terms of what he can do as a filmmaker. Yep.
1: I, I agree. I think the, the only other thing I'd add, too, on top of that is, you know, it's, uh again, you know, we talked about it quite a few times, but to layer on the, the themes into the horror message. And, it, again, I don't want to keep comparing it to Parasite because they're both two phenomenal films, and they should each have their own category. Um, yeah. But Parasite's another one where I thought, look, they're able to tie into these themes into a gruesome, horror but also dark and comedic movie that puts it all together with insanely good camera work insanely good directing and acting and um you know i i I hope to see other quote-unquote horror films follow this formula where it's it's the themes are completely understood but it's uh it, it ties in those like traditional scary moments and with the score and everything i just love every bit of
0: it Yes. I just say yes to everything. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. I love this movie. It's so awesome. I'm super happy that uh, you wanted to do this one too. And, and you watched it for the first time. I like that. We've actually been doing more recently movies that one of us is, is seeing for the first time. Uh, I think it, it brings a cool element to, to the it podcast.
1: Um, it's educational.
0: It re- it really is educational for us too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it, i love this movie so much uh, it's yeah that's it that's really it it's a, it's an amazing piece of work go jordan peele dan and Kalua, everybody involved in this movie unbelievable um that's it anything else that's it all right well thanks for listening everybody uh go watch get out until next time cheers